1: Nicole.
0: Hey, Janine.
1: How's your week been?
0: Everyone that has a toddler who is a working mother who does anything else, even if you don't do anything else except for go to work and take care of your child, we deserve awards. Okay. People are literally underestimating how much patience, not even just time, patience it takes to have a toddler. Okay, and shout out to those who have boy toddlers, because people that have girls do not know the struggle of having a boy. Okay, y'all, they climbing on stuff, they jumping off of stuff, they're demanding, they're controlling. Oh, my God. Let me tell you, this little toddler ran our lives this weekend. We went on a short, mini little vacay, little road trip with the family to San Antonio and thinking, oh, this is going to be fun, right? Fun, they say. Take the toddler somewhere. It'll be fun, they say. Went to SeaWorld, okay? Who knew that SeaWorld in San Antonio was like a whole thing, Like There's like water everywhere. So I'm thinking, we're going to go to SeaWorld and see like sea animals, you know? No, it's like just a regular amusement park, except for there's like all these like turbo water rides and like a whole like little outdoor spring park area that kids just like run through. So, you know what we had to do? We didn't know we weren't prepared. We went and bought some expensive swim clothes at the park. And what do we do? Allow Harrison to run through it all. Right. Because that's not a fight I'm going to have, but the fight I did have was trying to get him out of the water and changed, Mm -hmm. get him out of the water and changed. Then we went to a restaurant to eat. He had a whole breakdown there because he didn't want to go in the high chair. Then the next day, we realized, oh, we came to San Antonio at a great time. It's Fiesta weekend. Who knew, right? And of course, we're at a hotel on the Riverwalk, which is really nice to be on the Riverwalk, but everything's around us, including the parade route. So the good thing is, yes, I'm going back on a cleanse next week. Yeah, yeah, I am. Because I ate funneled cakes and fried Oreos and all kind of stuff this weekend. Who knew you could fry Oreo? Oh knew, right? But you can, and they were actually really good, okay? They're fantastically good. But yeah, the toddler wanted to have several mini breakdowns this weekend. We got back in town. We went to the Junior League of Houston, Bunnies and Brunch, or Bunny Brunch. And there's an Easter egg hunt. You could take pictures with the bunny and all these things. But of course, Harrison didn't want to sit down in his chair. He wanted to walk around, and he wanted to have a fit because he couldn't go outside. He wanted to go back outside. Then we finished the Easter egg hunt. He wanted to pour all of his Easter eggs in the middle of the grass. Why? So other kids can probably try to get them and fight over them. Not so to hurry up and put him back into his little bag. And then he, that made him have a fit again. Then he wanted to go back inside with the bunny. No, sir, you took your bunny picture. We are leaving. We, had, we only been there for an hour, but it's time to go. We got to go. Because my patients, Finn, we're thin. But I kept saying, it's okay, poopy. It's going to be okay, woo, 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 because I won't be that angry, yelling, mom. I'll be the patient, mom. But I get to come here and share with you guys all of my frustration about having a toddler son. Woo, y'all. Listen, I understand how parents can become alcoholics, but I'm not, I did not have one drink. Not one drink today, but I wanted one. How was your week, Janine?
1: Okay, before we can even get into that, let's go back for a second. I think we had this conversation last week where I said that toddlers are disrespectful or children are disrespectful. Not intentionally, but your world has to revolve around them. And I think, like I know that I don't have any patience. And I've never prayed for patience because someone long ago told me that you pray for patience and you get trials and tribulations. So... I just made the conscious decision not to pray for patients. Therefore, I know that I am not um, equipped to have kids because I would be the angry mom. I say I'm with Harrison because it just sounds like he was just trying to have a lot of fun. Doesn't sound like he was like, you know, being disruptive. It just sounds like he wanted to have more fun. But fried Oreos, though, Nicole. Fried Oreos. That's what we're doing now.
0: Let me tell you something, baby. You know, A regular Oreo is crunchy, right? And I don't like crunchy cookies, I'm not gonna lie. And Oreo, sometimes I'll do, but I drop it in that milk and I let it get just a tad bit, not soggy, but just a tad bit goo, right? And then I'll just num, 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 eat that Oreo up, right? But I have to be in the mood for Oreos. Now a fried Oreo, I don't know if it's because they batter it in that funnel cake batter and then drop it into that grease, but it's actually like soft, in the middle, it's not like a crunchy, like fry on top of then crunch, you know? No, it's actually like a soft cookie. And then they put powdered sugar on the top of it. So, you know, it's just like gluttony. You got the Oreo, you got, you know, sugar, then you drop it in fry, fat. <laughs> and then the funnel cake, you know, on top, basically around the Oreo, more carbs, and then, to add insult to injury, they put sprinkle they sprinkle powdered sugar on that thing. I mean, if you're trying to indulge to me, the ultimate indulgence is either now a fried oreo or a funnel cake. And you know what you can put on top of that funnel cake just to make it a little healthier. <laughs> you put you some fresh cut strawberries on top of that thing. And then you add whipped cream on top of that. Okay. That's how they make it a little healthy for you.
1: That's healthy, Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to fry pancake batter and put fruit on top of it and we'll call it healthy. But here's the thing. I am a big proponent of funnel cake. But I didn't know because I think like most people, I think that fried Oreo is hard because Oreos are hard. So maybe I'll try it next time. I've actually seen fried Oreos before. But I've never tried them because I just assumed that they'd be hard in the middle. So when I try them and gain like 50 pounds from looking at them, I will blame you because you convinced me to do it.
0: You you won't ever gain 50 pounds.
1: Please, Nicole. Janine can look at a Twinkie and gain weight, okay? That's how Janine is set up. (sighs) Speaking of, I went to the chiropractor yesterday.
0: How did that go, Janine? Would you like to share?
1: Um, it actually went really well. So I knew that I was like out of alignment. But I had to like, I had a little mini meltdown yesterday because the chiropractor informed me that unless I want to be crippled by the time I'm 55, that I have to let go of my six inch plus heels now. Uh) mm. I don't have many six inch plus heels because I'm already tall. I do have, I would say two handfuls of six inch plus heels, but the thought of getting rid of some of my favorite shoes brought me heart palpitations, like no exaggerations. I had a mini meltdown. And then the thought, she told me that I should start wearing wedges. Now, Nicole, I don't own a pair of wedges. You know why I don't own wedges? Because to me, wedges are like, I, you know what? I take that back. I do own a pair of wedges. They're sneakers, though. Because to me, in my mind, wedges are like old lady shoes for me. So I don't wear wedges. So the fact that she told me that I need to start wearing wedges was like, <sighs> you're telling me that I have to get rid of my six inch heels and I have to start wearing wedges. You are taking away who I am at my core. I am feeling some kind of way.
0: I don't think I own any six inch. Maybe I do, but I don't think that they're six inches. I know they're high, but I don't like heels that have like a platform on the front. So I probably don't have a lot of six inch heels because although I am only 4'11", I like a good stiletto, but I'm a little old fashioned with it because I like the, the ball of my foot to be on the ground. The only thing I like in the air is the heel. Okay. I like, I still like a good stiletto. And I also like the thick heel. What about the thick heel? Did he say you could wear that? Not a, not a platform, but the thick heel, you know what I mean?
1: No. So the issue is that my body is off alignment. The thickness of the heel does not matter. It's more about the uh, slant of my foot because I'm actually flat footed. So I can't wear flats because that makes it worse. But I should not wear heels that are too high. But Nicole, the one pair of shoes that I keep thinking about are my YSL tribute pumps. I have to get rid of these shoes that I love so dearly. I've had them for years. They're in perfect condition. And they're a classic shoe that I've been able to wear for now almost a decade. Why on God's green earth? Does it make sense to get rid of these shoes? It just doesn't. It just doesn't.
0: It's Saint Laurent. But either way, what's that shoe do you wear, girl?
1: <laughs> Not just <your> size. <success. laughs> just
0: saying. If you like to be generous or, uh, you know, hey, six and a half, sometimes I wear seven.
1: And I wear an eight.
0: 36, 37.
1: Just... I wear an eight. Okay. So if anyone wants to send me some wedges that are not granny shoes because I have not found any I literally combed the internet looking for wedges that I felt comfortable in and the closest thing that I could find was three inch heels so I'm really having like a situation here but if anyone has some suggestions of shoes and or wedges I'd say wedges lightly But if you have some suggestions, please send them our way. Please email us, oh, that's deep, bwc at gmail.com. Because I'm really having like a full-on meltdown about this. I don't know what I'm going to put on my feet. I have two kinds of shoes. Well, three. I have the shoes that I do activities in, a.k.a. sneakers. And then I have dress shoes, like heels. And then I have flat shoes. But those flat shoes usually only come out when I'm coming out of my heels from an event. So, I'm really struggling. I'm really struggling.
0: I think you should focus on really cute flat shoes. That is what I think you should focus on. And I say that because wedges, you know, okay, so I used to do uh, pole fitness, right? Don't judge me, but it's good exercise. When I was in Jackson, Mississippi, a lot of us, groups of us did pole fitness. We go a couple times a week. And the one thing that would not let us wear was wedges. And the teacher said that it's not sexy. you cannot wear wedge; they're just not sexy. I know this is just a workout, but you need to be you need to feel sexy when you are in this class. So we had to wear those clunky platform heels with the stiletto. That's what she wanted us to wear um and after she said that. I started going and looking at my wedges and I realized that they're not that sexy. They, they're they not, they don't make you feel feminine, but I will say there are a couple that I have that are really, really cute. Like I can wear them with sundresses and they, I look feminine in them. So you have to just really pick a cute, cute, cute wedge. You know, it has to be uber cute for you to wear it. Um, otherwise, I mean, it's just as cute wearing like a flat, like, Get you some, like, bedazzled flats.
1: I can't wear flats because I'm flat-footed.
0: Girl, get you some insert arch support and keep on moving.
1: Mm. I'm just saying. That's seeming very orthopedic shoe to me. That's giving 50-plus for me. I'm okay. Let me tell you, I'll go out with bad knees and be in a situation waiting on a knee replacement before... I'm go out looking like somebody's granny.
0: You don't want okay. no knee replacement unless you have to have one. Okay, so let's avoid that.
1: But Nicole, I also don't want to walk around in some bobo wedge. <laughs> no, let you me not call them bobos. You sound I just crazy. don't I have not come to grips with the fact that I need to wear wedges. Now, she did say that I could alternate because she knows that I'm stubborn and she would like to work with me. So she did say that I could alternate. But this whole wedge thing, like I have to wrap my mind around it and I need some suggestions. I have not found a pair of wedges that I think are cute on me. I will say that it's a lot cuter when people have little feet and it's like, oh, look at their little baby shoes. Me, I'm five foot nine and I wear a size eight. Now, granted, I know that that's not that big. But it's just certain things that I can't, I just can't pull off or envision pulling off. So. Y'all pray my strength because I'm having a little bit of a situation with these wedges.
0: If that's the worst thing that's happened to you all week, praise the Lord. If the wedge is the only thing (laughs) you're worried about, praise him. Okay. Amen. All right, Janine. So what's on your timeline this week?
1: So this week, there's been a lot of chatter about death and respecting the dead, actually. So specifically, dead Black people. We need to respect the people who have gone before us. And there's currently a debate on Twitter going on about how Black bodies are viewed merely as entertainment and are often dehumanized. So, Nicole, this is something that we've actually talked about loosely before. And we even touched on it briefly in last week's episode about Will Smith and how we often forget that, you know... While their marriage is kind of entertaining to us, they still have to live through it. And it's their real life. So we know that celebrities are often viewed as superhuman and that they're here to entertain us. And we often forget that they are human and they experience the same woes of life that all of the rest of us do. We often forget that their fame isn't some sort of like magic shield that protects them from the hurts and pains Of all of their experiences. So there are a couple of stories. That sparked this debate. And the topic for this podcast honestly. Ironically both stories. Stemmed from the death. Of 25 year old black men. So the first story came straight out. The DMV Nicole. So back in March. 24 year old rapper. Markel Antonio Morrow. Better known as Gunu. Was shot and killed in PG County. So last week. His death made headlines because of his unique memorial service. So before Gunu's body was laid to rest, Gunu had a memorial service and it was coined the final show was held at bliss nightclub in DC. And there was a $40 cover. Now this nightclub is a super popular nightclub here in this area. And as a matter of fact, I had some of my pre wedding festivities at this particular nightclub, but I'll stay focused. So Gunu, had his memorial service here, and it gained a lot of attention because Gunu himself attended this memorial service. Now, no, this wasn't a hologram situation. There were no like high-tech things that brought him back. Gunu was there. His body was propped up at the club on the stage as if he was partying with the people who were in attendance. So Gunu was decked out in his Amiri clothes from head to toe. He had a crown on his head as well. And the nightclub was packed. And by packed, this club tends to be packed generally. But this particular night, based on the videos that I've seen, it was super packed. Now, if you all know, when you go into a club and it's packed, it's hot, it's sweaty. Well, he was there right with them. Now, he was propped up, not inside of a casket, but propped up. As if he was standing on stage like he was getting ready to perform. So, when the videos came out and people started posting, immediately people started reporting calling this a horrific display. There were rumors floating around that his body was melting. TMZ even picked up the story. Bliss, the nightclub, actually posted an apology stating that they were contacted by the funeral home and they were unaware that the body would be displayed in that manner. Both fans and foes alike started talking about him as if he was, like, somehow in control of this. They criticized him, they criticized the memorial service, forgetting that he's just a human being, right? First, one of the things that we often forget in the U.S. is that the American way is not always the right way, nor is it the only way. And a lot of people kept talking about, well, why would they do this? now. In other countries, displaying a body in this manner is not uncommon. There are many of countries that display bodies just like this. I know this is not real life, but let's go back to Coming to America too. In the movie, they display him. He's actually alive at his service and passes away at his service. So this is not an uncommon practice. In the United States, it is, but it's not other places. So that's one point. Why would we judge... Now, it's not common to us, but who are we to judge to say this is something that's negative? That's the first thing. The second thing is that everyone decided that they wanted to talk about it and talk about how his family sent him on to glory, but they're saying he wouldn't have wanted it like this. They called it ghetto. They went in about this, right? But Gunu's mother and sisters responded and they said that They're not listening to the backlash. They don't really want to hear what anyone has to say. And they made a point to say that this is what he would have wanted and that his mom, Patrice, was actually on stage with him. So if the mother and sisters are okay with it, who are we to make comments on this man's death? If this is what he wanted and this is what his family wanted for him, my opinion is we should just keep our mouth off of it. If people spoke about him as much in his life as they are in his death, he might have been a bigger rapper and not just locally famous here in the DMV. The second death that sparked this debate was the untimely death of 24-year-old football player Dwayne Haskins. And honestly, his death didn't really spark the debate. It was the disrespectful tweets that followed. So we got word Saturday morning that Dwayne Haskins had passed away after being hit by a dump truck while walking on the highway in Florida. So while we all processed the devastating news, we were flooded with these extremely insensitive tweets. The first one came from Adam Schefter, and he posted a tweet that he later deleted, didn't apologize for, but later deleted, that said, Dwayne Haskins, a standout at Ohio State, before struggling to catch on with Washington and Pittsburgh in the NFL, died when he got hit by a car in South Florida per his agent. Haskins would have turned 25 years old on May the 3rd. We're not sure what his career struggles have anything to do with his death, but that's what Adam chose to tweet. Also on a radio interview or during a radio interview, Gil Brandt said that Haskins was a guy that was living to die. Then he later said in the interview, Maybe if he stayed in school a year, he wouldn't do silly things like jogging on the highway. He has since apologized for his comment. But that doesn't negate the fact that he used this man's death as an opportunity to get his point across that he felt would somehow be entertaining. It's almost like he had forgotten that Dwayne Haskins was human. Like both of the men forgot. It wasn't until the backlash that they decided to either delete the tweet and/or apologize for their comments. I think that the most devastating part of this is that people like Adam Schefter and Gil Brent and journalists everywhere, honestly, have essentially built their careers off of covering men like this. Dwayne Haskins and Gunu are people that a lot of people are getting a lot of publicity, making comments about their death, kind of taking the spotlight away from the men themselves. So while these people essentially built their careers off of these these young men, they probably never really saw them as people to begin with, not even in their death. And that's the real sad part. What do you think, Nicole?
0: Talking about Haskins first. I think people need to keep their mouths off of people who are deceased, period. Like, let's not try to comment on their careers. Let's not try to comment on things they did in their personal lives. Like, th- that person is not here to defend themselves. So do not talk bad about the dead, okay? So I will say that about Haskins. Now, the good news situation So the Haskins situation, the Gunu situation are completely different. I feel like we're not talking about how family chose to mourn Haskins because he's not been buried yet, right? But Gunu, you know, the manner in which they presented this body has opened up a lot of discussions for a lot of reasons. Yes, I do agree that the family should choose to mourn uh, their loved one however they want to. But when you invite the public... The public also has the right to mourn how they want to as well. And if you did not want people to put their two cents on there, you should have had a private viewing or viewing for just friends and family. But when you put it in a public place and people aren't aware that they're walking into this place with a body on the stage, you know, that is shocking. Like some people don't do well at funerals. Okay. So to put a body on the stage as if it were performing, and then you realize that this is somebody's body, somebody's corpse there. I mean, if you looked at the videos, there were such mixed reviews. I mean, Johnny, I couldn't even stop watching it. I I was in disbelief as well, because you, you know, even the mom's comment, you know, he would have wanted a party, you know, this is not a party. Like people are Grieving in their own way, too, and I know that's her child, but if people are grieving themselves and they're not told on the flyer, body will be there for you to pay your you know your last respects, and then you get upset when they get upset because they think the body's being disrespected, well, just like she has a right to mourn and she has a right to her opinion, they have a right to mourn and they have a right to their opinion as well, and if you don't want that type of scrutiny. Don't don't televise that. Don't invite people to that. Don't have people pay tickets for performance to that, okay? Because just like if you had tickets to the Maxwell concert, if Maxwell didn't have the show you thought he should have, what you're going to do? You're going to criticize. You may ask for your money back. You're going to post a bad review. He had a death concert. They criticized Some people wanted their money back. Some people posted a bad review. She can't get mad at that. And they can't say people can't criticize us. No, you made people pay for a service. So I'm sorry, you you can get criticized for that, okay? When it is a public display that you're making people, people think they're coming out to see, you know, a celebratory concert, like, Oh, your friends are going to be performing or something. Oh, we're doing something in memory of you. So we're going to come out and celebrate. We didn't think your body was going to be there. Because you're not there. You're dead. But your body was. So people are in a state of shock. So she should have seen that
1: one coming. I feel like. If you could get. If you walked in. Well, let me take this back. So. Not for nothing. But. I feel like people knew what they were walking into. Now, granted, some of them probably didn't. But with the popularity of GUNU in this area, I think a lot of people probably knew what they were walking into. That's number one. But the people who didn't, if they felt like they shouldn't stay, then leave. Ask for your money back. I'm sure that Bliss would have given their money back, right? The concern that I have is that everyone wants to have a conversation about this. They didn't follow his career that tough when he was alive. So why are you following his death that tough now? It seems disingenuous to me. And it seems like people are taking what is something that's unique to his situation and unique to them and trying to blow it up and make it seem like it's some crazy out of this world thing. But a lot of people do this. It's just not in the United States that a lot of people do this. And to be very honest with you, yeah, it is a little different. But there are a lot of things that a lot of people do that you and I wouldn't do that a lot of other people wouldn't do. Who's to say that it's wrong because it's different from what someone else would do? That's my only thing. Like, keep your, keep your mouth off of him. If you don't agree with it, you didn't attend. Who cares? First off, nobody's saying it's wrong of them to do. You can
0: do whatever you want. And nobody's blaming him. He ain't there. He didn't plan this. His family planned this. But at the same time, yes, there are cultures that do displays of the dead standing. I'm not saying that it's wrong of them, but I'm thinking, and my thoughts are people shouldn't be caught off guard if that's what they're going to be walking into. And I think that that was the shock. For a lot of people. And I think that's why it circulated the way it did. I think that no one would really have anything to say. If people knew. Like this is what. This is the homegoing service. The viewing of the body. Is going to be at the nightclub. Nobody would said anything.
1: I feel like we have a natural propensity. To comment on the dead though. Like as you said. Dwayne Haskins isn't even. I mean it's been what at the time we record, what, 24 hours, 48 hours? And the internet has blown up talking about him. I just think that for us as a people, and I'm talking about us being Black people, we tend to get the attention in death that we don't get in life. Or they like to carry on whatever negative narrative that they had about us in life in death. And it's like... (laughs) we can't even win in, in death, right? Like we can't win at this game that you all are calling life. And then once we pass on and go on to be with Jesus, then you all want to say all kinds of negative stuff about us then. Like when, when do we win this game? When, when, does, when does that happen? Because Dwayne Haskins, I don't care what he's done in his career. His untimely death at the age of 24, leaving behind a wife and parents, How dare you open your mouth and say anything about that? Anything that has to do with his career moments after he's passed away. That makes no sense to me. I can agree
0: with you on that one.
1: But people are like, oh, well, we have to comment and report. And it's like, but do you, though? Report the facts. He passed away. He was hit by a dump truck. He was walking on the highway. That's all the information you have. That's all the information you report. Why go on with the extra? because
0: people are naturally nosy especially when it comes to famous people we think we know them okay <laughs> we think we know them we think they're our family we're trying to i mean even before we got it we got on here i was like what do you think you know what do you think happened there because we you know one people have questions like how does a 25 year old die how did he get in the middle of traffic like Why was he as somebody that's rich walking on the highway? You know, I mean, so there were so many unanswered questions and we have to realize that if people are in tune or following people, you know, they're going to want their own closure to figure out what's happened. I think that that's only human, but in terms of reporting, people are doing clickbait. People do stuff because they want to be the the first person to get the first theory right. And they want to get the most likes on the page. They want the shock factor there, okay? Because we're in the age where social media pays, okay? You have people whose full-time jobs are being influencers now, okay? Meanwhile, me and you had to struggle through college. We are in the age of social media and we're in the age of disinformation. That's why we had all the disinformation out about COVID. People don't care, okay? Misinformation Everybody's a genius. Everybody wants to put it out first. Everybody knows more than somebody else. That's just what it was. Had these people died, I don't know, even 10 years ago, we may not be having the same
1: conversations. But
0: they passed away now. And this is the age of clickbait, click, click, click.
1: Honestly, and I know this is going to sound terrible, but I think that I would feel better if it weren't a ton of white men that were reporting on it. It would be different if it was coming out of our community, if it was being reported on by our journalists. But it just seems, specifically with Dwayne Haskins and the fact that TMZ reported on Gunu's death, it's like, I feel a kind of way because you don't have, you don't have the same, like you're not invited to speak on us the same way because it just comes across as distasteful. And it comes across as a, as a bit prejudice. I'm not going to use the R word, but it comes across as a bit prejudice. It's like, why is his career important now? Or why are you talking about this rapper you've never heard of before? I just feel a kind of way about it.
0: But you know what? You got the Black people reporting on it too. I'm just saying, we're all reporting on it.
1: Yeah. So we just... can't
0: just say, it's them. And, you know, let's be real. White people have always found black people as a source of entertainment, period.
1: Even in death. And that's terrible.
0: Even in death.
1: One day we'll be free.
0: All right. Now, uh, Janine, are you ready to talk through some of these letters? Let's do it. All right. So my first letter is a little different, but it's still relevant. And it reads... Nicole and Janine, I'm upset because my cousin, Sanai, is honoring her sister's wishes, but her wishes are downright disrespectful. Sanai's sister passed away due to leukemia recently. Prior to her passing, she mentioned a list of people, really former friends she got into petty fights with, she didn't want invited to her funeral. And my cousin actually went by that as her final wishes as a result her stepmother along with several of her sorority sisters were disinvited to the funeral she actually sent out a do not invite list to her sister's close friends so they would not mention the funeral to those on the list i understand trying to honor and respect our loved one's wishes but this is a bit much what if those who were estranged from her need a closure Just because someone disagrees with someone doesn't mean there's no love between them. Ladies, is it just me? Or is my cousin wrong for honoring her sister's wishes in this situation? Best, Tanaka.
1: Okay, so this right here is exactly the reason why Janine doesn't want to have a funeral because I don't want people that I didn't get along with in life crying over me in death. I think that it's just, and it's inevitable, right? Like you already know that some of the people that come to your funeral... They ain't really mess with you. So like, mm. and honestly, I'm a big proponent of respecting the wishes of the dead. If that's what she wanted and she took the time to tell you who to invite and who not to invite. As petty as it may be, I say you respect the wishes of the dead because I also believe that the dead will come back and visit you if you don't. So. Yeah, I believe in the dead coming back to visit us, Nicole. I really do. So I'm going to say this. I think that it was petty to make a list of people to invite and not to invite. I will say that. But she's gone on to glory now. So if that's the case, you have to respect what she requested. And if you didn't want to respect, if her cousin didn't want to respect what she requested, then she shouldn't be in charge. You leave the person in charge that you know is going to respect your wishes. That's what she did. I think her cousin did the right thing. What do you think, Nicole?
0: What makes me a little bit mm, about this is that she mentioned a list of people. You know, if she had made like this is the list of people that I don't want invited to this funeral, I could see that. But you mentioned a list of people. You don't know if she'd reconcile with those people. You don't know that. And the fact that her stepmother, who probably helped raise her and she may not have liked just because her daddy was married to the woman who probably loved her was on the list of people who couldn't go to the funeral Woman probably helped pay for the funeral and couldn't help go to the funeral couldn't go to the funeral I, I got a problem with that now mind you if I were somebody that was on a do not invite list I probably wouldn't care you know like You know, my thing is, I don't necessarily need to go to a funeral, right? That's not going to, you know, people get closures in their own way though, okay? But for me, it's not going to be something that's like, oh my God, I can't believe that this happened. But for a lot of people, they need that type of closure. And if you are somebody that happened to have a, a disagreement with, And that person passes away. Now you can't get the closure. I mean, to me, that's a little petty in life and petty in death. But again, I can't fault the cousin Sinai. You know, I can't fault her for that. You know, but you really can't fault the sister that's deceased either. I mean, it is what it is at this point. And I think people can do what they wish. You know, I'm sure that everybody on that do not invite list they probably didn't get the memo, okay? So some people are still going to come regardless, but I think that we concentrate and we focus too much on who's coming where and who is doing what at the funeral and not on the actual life of the person that is gone. I think that we are we are taking that away. Regardless if you go to the funeral or not, if you have somebody that you love that's passed away, reflect on the good that they've done in life instead of keeping up the pettiness. Okay. I will say, that's all I can say about that. Now everybody, you know, I understand people honoring their wishes, but I really think that once you get to heaven, none of that actually matters. And you're probably going to be looking down and wishing that you had made amends with the people that you put on the list. So, um, that's the only thing that gives me a little bit of bit of pause, right, because when I pass away, I don't want anybody to say "I'm still beefing with somebody, you know at that point, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter. you're gonna perpetuate a beef, huh that's, that's, that doesn't make any sense to me well, maybe it's just me, Janine.
1: no, I agree. I don't think that you should perpetuate that in in death, but again. After the person is passed on, you can only do what you agreed to do, right? And if you agree to respect their wishes, then you have to fulfill that. That's all I'm saying.
0: But what I'm saying, Johnine, is you don't even know if somebody's mentioned something in passing? True. I mean, that's just like me being upset with Stacy, And I'm like, mm. I don't want to see her ever again. Then I go get hit by a car or something.
1: Yeah, you didn't really mean that. I
0: didn't really mean that.
1: Yeah, but I think that you really mean it if you take the time to make a list of people that you don't want to invite. But that's what I'm saying. This says, she mentioned it. I get it. <laughs> I mean, look, you have to know your person, right? If your person lived in Petty, then you know that that's what they're, that they, they really meant it. But if they don't, I mean, look, I am I don't fault the cousin for trying to respect her wishes. I don't fault her. It's a difficult situation to be in. Ultimately, the only person that can really make that call is the person who can't make the call, who is deceased. So,
0: Listen, let me tell you, don't ask me to do nothing petty. You're <laughs> not going to have me losing sleep at night over you. You petty number one. You in the ground. You're going to have me being petty number two. Uh-uh. Don't ask me to do nothing petty. Listen, I'm going to present you as an angel to God. We're not. You're not going to go to those gates and say, he ain't going to say, did you make a petty list to these people? No, nah, you're not about to have me out there looking at Jesus, trying to explain to him while I got a list of people I don't like. No, ma'am.
1: But that's exactly why Janine doesn't want to have a funeral. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to go into the pearly gates with petty.
0: Uh, Listen, when you die, you're going to have a funeral. Uh, I'm just letting you know you can be cremated and you can be a little little, you know, vase or you can be in the coffin but you're gonna have some type of funeral some type of memorial and we're gonna let everybody come and celebrate you yes if i if i if you go before me we having a funeral and ken knows it even patients that are like and i i love i love all my patients but if you're jehovah's witness you high risk and you have a high risk of blood transfusion i gotta send you somewhere else because what i'm not gonna do is let you crash and burn on the operating table i can't do it don't have me sleeping with that kind of guilt at night okay I am somebody that's going to go balls to the wall for you, baby. I'm not trying to lose nobody. I'm trying to have these people having babies and I want you to be here to to have your babies. But I know me and I know that that little DNR paperwork on somebody that's young and healthy. Miss me with that. Like somebody else is going to have to take care of you because I don't want that. For my patients. And I know people going to be like, I can't believe you saying you don't treat Jehovah's Witness. But if I know that you have a high risk of blood, like you, you have sickle cell anemia, you need to get a blood transfusion every four weeks and you refuse it. I can't, listen, listen, one, you probably shouldn't get pregnant if that's the case, because you, you are already prone to need blood transfusions, especially when you're pregnant with sickle cell. Okay. And then two, you don't want me to do any, uh you know, life-saving measures. Like what, go to somebody that, that's okay with that. Okay. I'm not. And Janine, you know, me, you have talked about this. We're going to resuscitate and we're going to, listen, I already told you. So you already know there's something about feudal medicine. Like, okay. If it's like, this is like a super poor prognosis, like there's no way to get any like sustainable life, you know, meaningful life back. I get that. Right. But don't, don't let me sit there and let you die l- really slow when I know there's something that can be done. God gave us medicine. Just saying.
1: We have to have another episode about DNRs because you and I have had this conversation at least three times now. So we will put a pin in that and have a whole nother episode about life-saving measures and DNRs. Okay, Janine. Okay, so my letter says, Hi, ladies. Writing from Atlanta. Maybe one day you all will come down here and I will get a chance to meet you. You have really gotten me through a really rough time in my life. And for that, I will be forever grateful. I'm writing to get your advice. Before I tell you, I want you to know that I've told my friends and they're all too afraid to hurt me. So they never really give me their opinion. So I'm writing you. I lost my son in July of 2020. He developed pneumonia and then covid and was unable to recover and unfortunately passed away. To my knowledge, he was a perfectly healthy 27-year-old. We didn't really have a large funeral because of the pandemic, so it was just my family. Just recently, his best friend had a beautiful memorial service for him, which my family and I attended. After the service, one of his other friends pulled me aside to inform me that my son's best friend was actually his partner and that my son actually passed away from complications of AIDS. Now, while I'm not sure that any of this is true, I would like to speak to my son's best friend to see if they were, in fact, partners. If they were, I would like to embrace him into our family. I don't want him to feel isolated as if he has to grieve alone. I also want to ask him to forgive me for not inviting him to the family service and burial. How should I go about processing this information? And how can I connect with my son's best friend slash partner? Please help Vicky.
0: The first thing I would do is I would thank that friend for telling me this information. Okay. And then after I thank that friend for telling me the information, I would ask for the contact information for the actual boyfriend. Okay. And then I would pick the phone up and I would ask the boyfriend, hey, can we meet? somewhere and have coffee, lunch, tea, something or I invite him over the house. And then I would explain to him, "Hey, such and such, let me know that you and my son were involved, and I just want to let you know that had I known that, I would have definitely invited you to the funeral. I'm sorry that I didn't invite you is that the case, you know? And then if you told me that was the case, I would ask more questions. I would try to get to know him, I would. And um, I would also ask him about his health status. I would say, hey, I was also told that my son passed away maybe because of complications of COVID but because he also um, was HIV positive and had AIDS. Is that the truth? And I would let him explain that to me. And I would tell him that I would wanna support him on on his health journey. Because people that are in the LGBTQ plus community need support, okay? And even if you're not in that community, if you're HIV positive, people view that as such a stigma because they're not educated enough about it. And if I wasn't educated enough, I would go and educate myself before I talk to him. But if you already know, hey, you can't get HIV from you know, sharing a fork or you can't get HIV from using the same toilet, you know, it's not contagious by touch, you know, and if you, if you are okay and you already are knowledgeable about HIV, how it's spread, then I would support him and I would let him know that, you know, this doesn't have to be a death sentence, like you can get treated and I want you to know you have support here that maybe my son didn't have. You know, had I known that he was HIV positive, maybe I could have made sure that he got vaccinated. Maybe I could have made sure that he received the best treatment that he possibly could have received so that he could still be here with us. That is how I would approach that. I would approach it as a person that's coming to him to support him um, and accept him. And it sounds like this uh, this listener is is wanting to do this, that.
1: I agree. I commend Vicky for her approach because it wasn't like she was shocked. She wasn't upset that someone came to her with this news, because I think that if someone came to me with news like this after my son had passed away, I don't know that I would have handled it as eloquently as she seems to be handling this. So I think that she should be commended. But I also think that you might want to tread lightly because if this information is not true, you can offend a lot of people mainly your son's best friend. Now, if it is true, which it sounds like based on the, what you wrote to us, it probably is. I think that the way that you all connect is going to be really important, especially if he's also dealing with, you know, the complications of HIV because there's still a pandemic, right? And that would make him also high risk as well. So you don't know what kind of fears he might be experiencing. You don't know how he's dealing with this grief, if he's been you know, dealing with it in an isolated manner or or what's going on. So he might be also going through a traumatic situation. So I hope that you all are able to connect and that you all are able to help each other through your grief of the loss of your son. So it sounds like you're in a good place. I'm with Nicole. I think that you should have a conversation with him. And then, you know, maybe you all connecting will help both of you. Both of you get to a place where, you know, your son is never going to come back, unfortunately, but it'll help you all get to a place where you're okay. Right? Like it's never going to be the same again. We understand that. And we understand that it's not going to be an easy road, but we just want you to be in a place where you're okay. And if you are able to connect with your son's partner and it helps both of you, I think that that's, that's the best case scenario in this situation.
0: Yes. Yes. I do agree. All right. So Janine, what did you learn new this week?
1: So, I learned that according to vice.com, so you know, vice they have a channel, they're they're a little edgy. According to vice.com, according to a 2019 survey of funeral directors, 19% of people ages 18 through 34, so essentially millennials, have planned their own funeral after experiencing the loss of a loved one. And that's in comparison to only of people 35 to 54, and less than 10% for people over the age of 55. So we as millennials, we're not doing great with planning our funerals, but we're planning them more than other, other generations. So I would venture to say if you want to avoid all of these problems, now you can't avoid what people say about you after death. But what you can avoid is how people lay you to rest. So if you want to be laid to rest in a certain manner, plan your own funeral. What did you learn new this week Nicole?
0: Well, let me tell you something. I like this. You know, some people like, oh, I don't want to talk about death. I don't want to talk. We all got to (laughs) go. Okay. We all got to go one way or another. That's why you have to, you know, grind, live out your dreams now, reach your goals, because you never know when it's going to be your time. And hopefully... You're prepared to go when it's your time to go. And so big ups to people who are actually planning this and actually talking to their family members. But what I want us to take a step forward, you know, things like a, a living will or trust. Okay, we need to get that together. Okay. Don't have people out here in the courts trying to get your life insurance policy and, and get a hold of your house and stuff. Like get that together. And and James and I, since we got married, we have to make sure we're revising those things. So that our family won't be like looking crazy, you know, at the time of our, our, our deaths. I mean, cause we do have to go and we have a child now, so we don't want him to, you know, one, people not know who's supposed to be taking care of him Two, him not having access to money. I mean, those things are a real thing. So I like the fact that we get the funeral in order, but get those trust and the will in order too. Okay. All right. So. What I learned was there's a guy named Chu Lewis. Did you read about him, Janine? 29-year-old who died in uh, in uh, Trinidad and Tobago. And he was denied entry to his own funeral, okay? And because he was seated in a chair and not a coffin. Like the funeral home brought him in a chair. And so instead he was sat outside of the church next to his photo, just like outside the door. And some people that were walking into the door berated him for not wearing a mask because he died in December, 2020. They didn't know it was a corpse. Okay. Now he was shot and killed along with his father in Trinidad and Tobago. And get this, like six months before that, his brother, his older brother was also shot and killed in the same house.
1: That's a lot. That's a lot. How do you get shot and killed with your father? Your brother was shot and killed before and you were denied access to your funeral. That's just some terrible luck. That's a lot.
0: Are you ready for the motivational moment?
1: Absolutely. Let's do it.
0: All right. So the motivational moment comes from me. <laughs> and I said how someone is honored in death is not as important as how that person lived his or her life. So make sure How You Live makes a stamp on your place in history so that your memory can make your loved ones smile. Until we meet again,
1: pray, work, slay,
0: and show off your melanated excellence. Bye! Bye. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson-Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep Black Women
1: Conversations on IG at oh, that's deep BWC. Oh, that's deep Black Women Conversations is a mean old lion media production.